Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Sasha. And I'm Caleb. This week, we preview the NWSL with Rachel Krieger of Equalizer Soccer. Bayern Munich win their eighth straight Bundesliga title, and La Liga restarts. We're excited for only one of those things. This week, I have to start with a correction. I offended a dear friend of mine by insinuating last week that I was talking about a specific person when I referred to someone studying abroad, becoming a Manchester City fan while doing that, and it being the result of a bandwagon um, following, uh, thanks to Manchester City's title win. I want to make it clear. I was not talking about one specific person. I was talking about thousands of people across the United States over the past many decades who have studied abroad and come back as fans. Except maybe the ones who were fans of Blackburn Rovers uh, during that brief period in the 90s when Blackburn Rovers were good and became uh, Premier League champions. They've suffered enough, These those bandwagon <laughs> fans. So um, I think... But everyone else, except this one dear friend of mine who wanted me to stress that they were not a Man City fan because of bandwagoning. Man City hadn't won anything. They became a fan, so uh, I will I will give that to this person, and I will again add that it's just a trope, and I was not singling anybody out, um, at all. However, it does make me wonder. You think that there are Europeans who study abroad in either uh, carry North Carolina or Atlanta and go back, and their friends are like, "Lame, look at this." Freaking Ivan became a North Carolina Courage fan while he was off in, in Cary studying abroad at an American university. Or like, how lame is this? Like, Francesca is now a Atlanta United fan. Like, this is so lame. It's just typical for our European youth to study abroad in America and have MLS and NWSL allegiances. I think that happens. I think it's more likely that they come over and they go back and it's like, Oh, Nigel's a New England Patriots fan now. I'm sure they'd like glob on their other sports. Yeah. Or if, if they do talk about our football, our soccer, they uh they do it in a condescending way. Like, oh, they actually had some pretty good matches there in, in Minnesota. I actually do know one person who lives in Europe who uh, was in Minnesota for a little bit during high school and is uh, has a very soft spot for Minnesota United because of that. And I really love this person. So I... Uh, I guess what I'm saying is I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it, if, it, right. no, no matter what reason you have for being a fan, as long as you're a fan for that team and not... I think when we say bandwagon, like, once that team that isn't... That is so good, let's say you're a Bayern Munich fan, you stuttered in Munich for a semester, you come back, and then after the season, they just fall apart completely. You still cheer for them, even though they're, they're shit now. I have come up with a question thanks to you. If you could I'm study so abroad somewhere and become a bandwagon fan because of where you've studied abroad, where would that be? Whatever team plays in the Korean League for Seoul, because I would love to go to Seoul, Korea, and just like adapt all their culture. South Korea, we should clarify. <laughs> if I'm gonna go overseas, I want to become. I want to cheer for a team that's gonna win a lot of things. So wherever Ajax plays, <laughs> Amsterdam, bro. Amsterdam, yeah. I want to study over to Amsterdam for soccer and only soccer. It's the only reason yeah. I want to go to Amsterdam. Yeah, sure. Or study abroad, no yeah. problem. 
Hey guys, uh, my dad's I want to go. Be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to study abroad in Edmonton so I can become an FC Edmonton fan and just be that insufferable guy. Yeah, of course you became uh, a Liverpool fan from studying abroad or like a Stuttgart fan. I became an FC Edmonton fan. Okay, it's different. Are you playing bagpipes? Um, uh, also, I talk about the Oilers a lot, Wayne Gretzky. Oh, Oilers so. are terrible now, though. I know, I know. It's quite sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it is. I used to be a New York. I, I'm a New York Rangers fan from when Messier and Gretzky were on, well on the Rangers. Like they weren't on there together. I don't think until much later. But they were like ships passing in the night. That was right when I became a hockey fan for life because I studied abroad in New York. No, I didn't. But still, that was even more of a bandwagon experience. Again, see, I'm a hypocrite. I just want to this point, is important. I just want to point out that Mark Messier is the uh, Canadian Messi. A. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you think every country has their version of Messier? Like, <laughs> just with the name changing a tiny bit. Like, in, in India, it's going to be like, Mohan Messi Singh. <laughs> I have bad... Or something. I, I hope so. I hope there's just a, a string of Messies around the world. In in uh, in uh, Russia, what would it be? Messi ski. <laughs> uh, <Messi. laughs> there it is. Want to give a big shout out to those of you who have already joined our Patreon as patrons. We've got some cool membership tiers. We've been producing a 15 minute off topic episodes, three a month, one from each of us. My first one is about Star Trek. And uh, I think you should care about it a lot. I'm going to refer to Star Trek a lot in this episode just so that you go listen to it. Uh, you got to be a $10 patron to do that, though. Uh, those of you who are $5 patrons will get our in-depth coverage. Uh, that That's too much content for each We Call It Soccer episode. Uh, you, we've, we earlier spoke to Rachel Krieger uh, about the NWSL. We had an hour and 20 minute long conversation. So obviously not all of that could make it onto this podcast episode. Those of you who are $5 patrons will get a super awesome team by team analysis of NWSL Challenge Cup from Rachel uh, on the Patreon feed. So please go to patreon.com slash fans. Uh, and and support us. We would really, really appreciate you if you did. And he- help us get more listeners to this podcast. Tweet about it. Talk about it on Facebook. Talk about it on Instagram. Talk about it on TikTok. I don't know what Gen Z uses. Uh, maybe there's a new service that's like going to be like the Gen A. Do they go back to A after Z? Maybe Gen A is using a new service that's like thoughts that are conveyed into people's minds. There's no video anymore. So post about us on that too. And, and help us out. Uh, share the love. All right, now that I've chilled, it's time for us to go to our first segment called Bad Guys. Yes, the segment where we discuss American soccer's bad guys, the two top divisions, MLS and NWSL. All right, it's time for our NWSL preview. And for the past few weeks, in fact, it's for the past few months, we've been telling you that Rachel Krieger from Equalizer Soccer is going to join us to preview this NWSL season. Well, it's finally happened. And we do have Rachel here with us to talk about NWSL. Finally, thank you for joining us, Rachel. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to chat about some women's soccer with you guys. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners so they know who you are? Sure. So, uh, like you mentioned, I'm from Equalizer Soccer. I am the social media coordinator, and I'm kind of like the all-around utility person. I write. I do some graphics. I do... um, kind of just conversations with the writers to make sure everybody's on the same page. I also am the NWSL writer and U.S. Women's National Team writer for Last Word on Soccer. Uh, do a couple other 
happenings in women's soccer. We have a local WPSL team here in Pittsburgh where I'm based out of, so I cover them for a local site. And just my life is filled with women's soccer, and I love it. That's brilliant. If I had to ask you to... uh are you allowed to reveal your allegiances in terms of which teams you support? Yeah, um, with the NWSL, I'm kind of all over the place. I more or less support players than I do teams. Um, it so happens that some of my favorite players are not on my most favorite team, <clears throat> the Portland <laughs> Thorns. Um, but this season, I, I think I'm going to be a Sky Blue fan because I'm jumping on the hype train. Um, but I have been kind of a Houston Dash fan for the last like four or five years. All right. So I think that that's a good uh, segue to jump into 2019 and recapping that very briefly uh, because Sky Blues was one of those teams. I was, I was thinking, like, how do we talk about an entire season of soccer quickly? And I was going to talk about, like, winners and losers. And when we talk about losers in 2019, Sky Blues, not as much of a loser as the previous year, perhaps, but still right there at the bottom with the pride. Um, you had the the courage, of course, taking it all, but with the Red Stars, the Thorns, the Rain in in the playoffs. Is there now? That's the high level preview. Are there other things that are you think significant from 2019 that we got to keep an eye on going into 2020? Well, I mean, obviously, the uh, the talk of the town was the North Carolina Courage. If we're counting their days also as the Western New York Flash, you've got three titles in the last four years, and they won titles in 16, 18, and 19. So they're looking to add another trophy to their already uh, pretty crowded trophy case in this uh, NWSL Challenge Cup. But um, I think the biggest name in 2019 was definitely Sam Kerr, who won back-to-back-to-back golden boot titles in the league. She scored 18 goals last year for the Chicago Red Stars. Now she's in England uh, with Chelsea Ladies after leaving the NWSL, which kind of rocked the league and and made people scratch their heads thinking, well, where do we go from here? Um, You know, we'll get to this shortly, but Chicago has a lot to figure out with who's going to fill those shoes for, for Sam Kerr. She was the MVP of the 2019 season as well. And she won that for the second time in, in three years. But I think the biggest story in, in a general sense for the NWSL season was just the overall hype of women's soccer. Uh, almost every single team, except for that Houston Dash team, saw increases in ticket sales and in, and in attendance and even um, apparel and, and merchandise after the Women's World Cup. Teams were making huge off-the-field improvements. Like Sky Blue, you mentioned, they moved into Red Bull Arena for a couple games. Washington Spirit moved to Audi. So there were definitely a lot more eyes being put on the NWSL and major upgrades for fields. So can we can we talk a little bit about um, Sam Kerr's decision to, to leave the league? Because as you mentioned, that's, that's probably the name that jumps to a lot of people's minds when they think about... Um, players within within the league that aren't u.s women's national team players and you know she's she's gone back and forth with playing in the off season in australia and this was a decision beyond that to just leave and go straight to to england um can you talk a little bit about the motivations there and, and whether you think that that uh there was anything the nwsl and the red stars could have done to hold on to her i think the implementation of implementation sorry of allocation money would have definitely been enticing for Sam Kerr. I think that's why she didn't quite make her decision so rapidly. Um, she made that decision because she was tired of spending a long 
nine to ten months in the United States and then going right to Australia and playing for uh, for Perth Glory. So it was a lot for her to deal with. And then adding in the national team as well, Australia has to has to travel a bunch for their national team, I think more than a lot of other teams. So um, I think if anything, Chicago or any of the NWSL teams are trying to do was maybe entice her with a little bit more of allocation money. But I think for her, it really came down to the travel and having to balance traveling back and forth to Australia with her national team and and um, going to Perth for the W League season. So um, allocation money, they can only get three th- 300K. Um from the league so I don't think that that was quite in her range either I think if Chicago was going to use it they were going to have to use all of it on her which is something that they weren't really trying to do yeah we have um I believe at last last time I was able to find account it's 32 players in NWSL currently with allocation um status well another another thing I wanted to talk about that happened right before COVID because I'm, I'm leading up to what's happened during COVID times is the hiring of Lisa Baird as a new commissioner um that was a talking point all through last year. Like, is that not going to get a commissioner? We finally see this person coming in. I was personally a little bit excited to see her background specifically, given what the league's been trying to do in, in um, building up their broadcast. You were talking about how they've been building up revenues across a few areas. Um, what's Have you had a chance to, to speak with Lisa Baird? I have not personally. Um, her conference call times are always a little bit tough to reach on on my uh, side of the coast. But um, a couple of my team members at Equalizer Soccer have, and everything that she has said to them and to, to even other outlets as well has been really inspiring. And she just, she wants the NWSL to be something great. And she wants, um, you know, case in point, the, the ESPN special uh aired yesterday about like sports coming back and everyone was like well hey where's the nwsl where's lisa baird and where's the uh representation so she's telling people you know bully these media ink um inks to you know make make them pay attention to us and whatnot so she's doing more on a proactive level i think than amanda duffy has before i think amanda duffy did a great job and she's now with orlando but i think that lisa baird has really just jumped into the deep end and has figured out a way to to keep her head above water and and she's she's just climbing higher and higher and I think she's going to do really good things. I think part of my uh, also good feeling is that she's a former chief marketing officer, someone who's starting out in the marketing field. It's like I got to support our own, you know. <laughs> but no, sure. I, I think I, yeah, I'm 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 genuinely I think that the 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 sounds coming out of leadership seem to be. Um, the kind that I would hope would be there. And uh, just to, to complete for our listeners what you were just talking about, ESPN had the special yesterday with, um, I think it was a Sports Center special, with commissioners from all the other leagues, except they left out the commissioner of the league that's the first major league to start up in the country. Uh, kind of very stupid. But anyway, um, let's move on to talk about COVID and how that's effectively because we were about to do a league preview episode with you on it when the pandemic hit Caleb announced I think on the podcast that the NBA had suspended uh and then I gave a mask to Sasha I gave a mask to Caleb they left my house and we haven't seen each other in person since that's the recap (laughs) of the podcasts happening in COVID what's what's happened to the NWSL with players have there been any significant uh, player changes that we should keep track of 
There's definitely been a lot of, of movement happening. The NWSL was just opening up their preseason when COVID hit. So teams were out there for, I think, like a day or two. And then they had to go back home and, and shut down and everything. Um, there have been a, a lot of moves this off season, and it's tough to go into every single one. And uh, I'm sure we'll hit on it with the team previews, but... Uh, O.L. Reign signed Shirley Cruz. Kelia Ojai-Watt is going to the Chicago Red Stars after spending her whole career in Houston. Uh, it was just announced today that Alana Cook, she's a U.S. international playing for PSG. She is going to play for the Reign for the uh, Challenge Cup this summer, which is great to see her get minutes in the States and maybe get her on Vlatko Andonovsky's radar, the, the head coach of the U.S. Uh, women's national team. But I think the biggest thing that happened... I think it was right before COVID hit was Becky Sauerbrunn. She got traded to the Portland Thorns, and that was a decision that she, Portland, and the Utah Royals, they all saw it coming. It was not a surprise to anyone. She wanted this trade uh, a number of years ago, finally acted on it now. She's hoping to finish her career in Portland because she's getting up there in age. Uh, Elizabeth Ball was sent down to Utah, and some allocation money, I believe, was sent over as well. Um, but there have there was a cluster of trades with Sophia Huerta and Amber Brooks coming up to the rain and Megan Oyster and Shea Groom going down to the dash. Uh, Allie Riley, who is a big name in women's soccer, she is the captain of the New Zealand national team. She is at the Orlando Pride along with Emily Sonnet to help kind of shore up a defense that let uh, 53 goals go into the back of the net last year. Um so a lot of moves, uh, hard to keep track of. We have a bit of a transaction tracker over at Equalizer Soccer, so to kind of keep everyone in the loop on that. But I think this offseason was one of the busier ones compared to most seasons. There were some head coaching hires. There was just a lot of, of craziness happening. It seemed that every Friday we were getting a news dump at like 5.30 at night about a new trade and we would have to just jump on that. It was it was like out of all times, you have the whole day and you just give it to us at like dinner or whatever. Um, so a lot of stuff has happened in the NWSL. There's going to be a lot of new looks for a, a bunch of teams. Uh, I forgot to mention Mallory Pugh going up to Sky Blue FC, which was a big trade. Raquel Rodriguez going over to the Portland Thorns. So there were a ton of moving pieces this offseason. We'll, we'll get into some of those teams um, specifically in our, in our team-by-team preview. I, I wanted to touch on something else that happened right before COVID, actually. I should have maybe done that a few minutes ago. But uh, the rain becoming the OL rain, rain FC becoming OL rain. Sasha, you're a rain fan. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, that is how why your daughter's name is rain, that correct? Is correct. So can you can I go to you for a second and and if they had changed the name away from Rain to just OL, would you have to change your daughter's name? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I would. I no. let her know uh, the legacy of her name. About that was the first NWSL uh, team I got to see live uh, in Seattle, um, and just everything about them. They did change the logo. I still think it looks very prestigious. Uh, I do prefer the old logo, but I'm not the new one. I'm okay with. Uh, I'm not familiar with all the new players, but I did see the PSG PSG signing on their uh, roster, so I'm excited for it. Rachel, what, what's your take on the OL um, implementation? Because in the past, when American soccer across the board has seen kind of a club that takes the name of a previous club, there have been some mixed reactions in the past. But I think, at least from my view of, on social media, I'm seeing this 
being received well. Yeah, I think it's better. I think if you're you're going to stretch it out and say uh, Olymp- Olympic Leonas Rain, I think that would be a bit of a stretch. So I think OL Rain <laughs> is is pretty is pretty good. It's pretty standard. I mean, this is a team that went from Seattle Rain to Rain FC to they were thinking about calling them Tacoma Rain FC because they're based now in Tacoma. And now you just have OL Rain, and I think it's something that. Now with the partnership with uh, the OL group, I think that it's something that's going to stick for a long time. But Sasha, I have a question for you too. The uh, the logo to me, it still looks like the lion is eating a potato chip, and um, <laughs> that was. I I mean, I loved the old logo. I would. I'm. A, I'm. A, I would consider myself a bit of a rain fan. I like the players on their team. I always liked Vlaco, and when he came there, I was excited. Always bought their merchandise because they just had probably I think the best logo in National Women's Soccer League and then they changed it and you know it took me a while I've kind of warmed up to it now but you know somebody had pointed out on Twitter like oh the lion's eating a potato chip and I just could not get away from that I no. yeah I'm looking at it right now and I can't <laughs> no I can't see it. see it too that <laughs> you point that. It. It's, it's <laughs> just it's obvious it's obviously a potato chip <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> oh but it's European so I isn't mean, it a potato crisp Ah. Huh? Cool. There you go. Um, <laughs> I agree with you. Um, and that is why, like, the old logo, I guess, is superior. Also, like, you're right. They're old kits. The merchandise, the, the, the old blue, uh, we're the best kits in the league. So, I know. Oh, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, Red Stars. Come on. What? Come on. What is it with Lions in American soccer logos and having them... <laughs> be doing just weird stuff like that fc since one has a little knife that it's like i'm gonna stab people and you know it's it's just strange like why well, i mean utah royals uh, is pretty simple it's not eating anything weird is it i don't no, think so I, I will say though the soccer balls and the utah so- royals logo like just are kind of the, the nails on chalkboard for me <laughs> uh, i'm not a soccer ball and crest hater but still uh, you know what? Let's have a logos discussion because why not? It's not in the notes, but just like <laughs> one minute on NWSL logos. Caleb, your favorite NWSL logo. Go. I kind of like the Utah Royals. <laughs> <laughs> no! I, like, I don't know. I, uh, the lion isn't eating anything weird. It's it's very regal. It kind of has a little homage to the same colors as the uh, Real Salt Lake, their partner club in MLS. And I don't know. I liked it. It's actually a team name, too, other than, you know, Real Salt Lake. It's Utah Royals, which I liked as well. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Rachel, yeah. do you have a favorite? among the group now that okay now that the rain logo has changed and that is no longer your favorite oh so i can't use that one anymore of oh, them probably I'm chicago i'd probably yeah that is kind of where i'm at because i i you know I, I i spent a little bit of time in chicago and so like that the the red star being there it has a very special place in my heart uh but i i if i'm being honest with myself it's the Portland Thorns logo. Just because how they've in, used the rose and the rose bush, I think that design, the like knot design, is just absolutely gorgeous. But um, and and Sasha, do you do you now prefer the the lion with the potato chip? You know what? Because you guys actually took my two other choices, which were the Royals and the Thorns, in that order. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? Potato chip eating lion. I'll support that because I, I I can I can <laughs> empathize with with wanting potato chips. 
Okay. All right. All right. Uh, and should should we should we spend uh, no explanations? Just the worst logo in the NWSL according to you. Uh, sky blue. Houston dash. Sorry, Houston. Dash. Yeah. It's boring. It, no explanations. No, oh, I, I sorry. Th- <laughs> no, it's all good. Houston dash too because it has those weird lines. I can't. I, it's just strange. Anyway, uh, all right. Let's get back to to talking about uh, substantive stuff uh, and talk about the tournament <laughs> format, the Challenge Cup uh, coming in with. Uh, I don't know. Would you call? Is it like an imbalanced format? Like what's the what's the like right term I'm looking for? Because there are nine teams. Eight of them will go in the knockout, and in the in the group stage, prior to that, each team will play four matches. Well, when I saw your notes, I, I legitimately said, can we even talk about this? Because the NWSL really hasn't given us a legitimate format uh, here. And, and especially with the elimination matches, there's no um, listing of, you know, a potential bracket, like what seed would play what seed? Is there going to be reseeding? And, and there's a, I think there's a ton of questions. Uh, the only format that we do know is, is, like you said, there's group stage matches. Each team is going to have to play four matches, and then only one uh, does not go to the knockout round. So yikes to that one team that will not be going on in the competition. Um, but four preliminary round matches, and then it's it's off to... Um, it's off to whoever wins is, is going on until you get to the final and you crown a champion. Maybe that's where the NWSL says, like, surprise, that one team has been training the whole time and they're now going to come and play you for the actual champion. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't think the, the there's a... Boss. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Caleb. Uh, I was going to make a dumb Pokemon joke. Like, when you beat the Elite Four and then you have to beat the champion. <laughs> so, be, yeah, it's... I'm a nerd. I'm dumb. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. So, so are there winners and losers in this format? Like, because because of the the, the pace of the games, we're also going to see most of these games on turf because they're going to be playing at Zion's Bank, um, except for the final and the semifinal, which will be at um, Rio Tinto. Rio Tinto. Um, are, are do you think that there are teams that do better and teams that do worse? I, th- I think looking at the schedule, uh, big yikes for the Orlando Pride. Um, Listen, they have a team with over 10 World Cup participants. I think the number I saw the other day was like 14 uh, pending if Alana Kennedy is coming back. Um, And they still gave up 53 goals last year. Couldn't find the back of the net all that much. Um, Say what you will, and and this might be a little bit controversial, so just warning uh, listeners right now, I I don't understand. Hold Hold on, hold on, hold on. One sec, sorry. These views are not endorsed by We Call It Soccer and Notch, Caleb, and Sasha. Thank you. <laughs> Please continue. Um, this might be controversial, <laughs> but I, I never understood last year the warranting of call-ups for players like Alex Morgan, Ali Krieger, Ashlyn Harris, and really anyone coming from the Orlando Pride because they were terrible. They were not putting on good performances for club. I don't care what they were doing for country. If you are not performing for your club, you should not be called up to the national team. It was... um. That was something that I remember, you know, Jurgen Klinsmann like lived and died by. And, and I wish that mentality came back in U.S. soccer. Be, and I think it will with Flacco, but that's a different conversation. Um, but I, seriously. I, <laughs> I am very here for your standing of Jurgen Klinsmann. I, I miss him. <laughs> I miss him. We'll, we'll have to talk about that some other time. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but Orlando's schedule is is not favorable. They they're going up against the Chicago Red Stars, who I mean there are some question marks there on defense, and then with uh, the whole missing Sam Kerr thing. But they're usually a good team, and Rory Dames is probably one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the National Women's Soccer League. Their second match involves the Portland Thorns, who are always good. They added Sauerbrunn, they added Raquel Rodriguez, so that they're going to be even better. Um, there, there's been years of them saying, you know, are they going to catch up to North Carolina? And I think they're, you know, right there. And I think we'll see that this year, maybe. Um, then they've got Sky Blue, who everyone used to say, ah, Sky Blue, you're just going to trample all over them. But this is kind of a new look Sky Blue. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they do. And I mean, that's two of the bottom teams going against each other uh, from last mm-hmm. year. And then they've got the defending North Carolina courage. And they're always good. And they're always going to put on a good performance. And I, that's just a really tough schedule. I think Orlando, um, I don't know if they'll squeak by. I'm intrigued to see what they do. Um, I think that O.L. Reign has a pretty favorable schedule. Um, Megan Rapino said she's not playing. Um, but I don't think they're going to really miss her all too much because even though she is a veteran she is a leader we saw what she did on the national team last year but she only played five or six games for uh the rain all last season and they made it to the playoffs when vladko andonovsky had a team that was half injured last year um and had players with like injuries actually on the field and had to bring back players like uh steph cox from retirement so um, I don't think the team necessarily needs her if, you know, that might not be the right word, but still. They've got Sky Blue, Washington, Utah, and then they have Portland. And I think Washington also has a pretty favorable schedule. Uh, just getting back to the, the rain for a second, I was going to bring this up when we talk team by team, but I think you, you talked about how um, they, they were coming off of some injuries last year. Jess Fishlock had an ACL issue last year, and, you know, that's... In the best of times, that's tough to come back from. But when you're coming back on turf with less training than ideal in a congested schedule, that's got to be something that's, I mean, I don't know. I am the furthest thing from a professional soccer player you could imagine. But I, I would scare me if those were my circumstances. Other players, first of all, have you? is that something that she has talked about? And are there other players that you think um our risks given the tournament format uh for either re-injury or just not being ready um i think in regard to other players potentially being at risk you have to look at players who have torn their acl before and, and how recently veronica latsko is also coming off from an acl um from the houston dash but she got some minutes down in australia and and put on some good performances Christy Muse, I think she's two or three years removed now from her ACL injury. But anybody who has an ACL injury should be a little bit cautious. I think, um, you know, Megan Rapinoe, she doesn't have to explain why she doesn't want to go to the tournament, of course. But she also tore her ACL back in 2016, and she's not getting any younger. So I think that there's a lot of caution for players. You know, they see the turf and they see that that's what their only option is right now. And that might keep uh, some players at home. The NWSL... And, I mean, huge shout-out to the Players Association here for really getting it done. Um, they secured contracts no matter if players decide to sit out of the tournament or not. So they're going to be paid no matter what in full with benefits and all that jazz. So I think that the turf is definitely it's an eyebrow-raising issue, but I don't think it's going to be the end of the world. I think for players that are coming off those ACL injuries and and 
whatever else injuries, I think that there's definitely going to be some caution. But that's why rosters are, I think they're being expanded to 32. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's 32 players. And then you have that five substitution rule for these matches. They're so close together. That was one of the big reasons for the roster um, expansion because of how close these games are going to be. With with the expansion of rosters, will some teams have to call in additional players that uh, from from other places? There were a lot of non-roster um, invites on the initial rosters for um, for the preseason, so those might be the players that they call in. They um, mm-hmm. obviously we just had the NWSL draft. Some players, um, excuse me, some teams drafted more than some others. Uh, Sky Blue had a lot of draft picks. So did Washington. So I think that those non-roster invites as as well as those maybe unsigned draft picks, those are going to be the players that are going to be also included on the roster. Um, You know, maybe there's going to be more loans to get players from overseas, like how Rain FC are doing it with Alana Cook. So while we're uh, discussing the tournament's format, Caleb or Sasha, can you take me through the broadcast details for NWSL? that uh that were how, how does somebody get these games because i'm gonna just start off by saying get cbs all access not only do you get the nwsl you get all of star trek hey isn't that great that's i in fact sure i guess uh, i'm not a star wars fan so i don't hey <laughs> come on you guys <laughs> so uh all the games are gonna be on cbs cbs all access um the first game of the which, tournament, which, which is what's the price for CBS All Access per month? Five ninety nine. I believe it's five ninety five ninety nine a month. Um, first game, which is Saturday, June twenty seventh, uh, North Carolina versus Portland, is going to be on CBS proper, and so is the championship on Sunday, the twenty sixth of July. Um, if you're outside of the U.S. and Canada, um, you can watch the games on Twitch, or if you're in the U.S. or Canada, you can get a VPN and watch the games on Twitch. <laughs> Um, but you, hey, you didn't hear that from us. Come on, man! You didn't hear that from us. I'm that, just was, that was that was a p- apparition that showed up while we were recording <laughs> and just made those noises in Caleb's voice. But also, um, all games are going to re-air after the uh, as like a on the not on demand, but they'll re-air uh, after the game is over on CBS Sports Network. So if you have that, you can you don't need the other games to stay off Twitter and not look at the uh, results and watch them on CBS Sports Network at a later date. I'm going to be very disappointed if there isn't a Star Trek Discovery and WSL crossover event, okay? I'm just saying. Season 3 of Discovery I think you're going to be very disappointed. I think you're going to be very disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, let's move into into talking about team-by-team analysis of uh, each individual NWSL team. And those of you listening who are our patrons at a $5 or higher stage can find this team-by-team conversation on your Patreon exclusive feed. There's an RSS feed that you can subscribe to in your favorite podcast manager via the Patreon page for Two United Fans. Go find that. If you have trouble, tweet at me, at TW United Fans. I'll help you find it. But uh, on this main episode, the next thing you're going to hear is the stuff that we do after the team-by-team analysis. We are running a little bit over our time, so I'm going to jump one segment over to matchups that we're most excited about in, in coming up in the Challenge Cup. Uh, Caleb, what you got? What, what are you looking at? I mean, the first one being the uh, rematch of last year's championship game is huge and probably the best not to start off on with the Courage and the Thorns. 
So that's really exciting, and that's the one that's on CBS, the uh, main channel. So that's really exciting to get that game out there. Hopefully that will draw in some more fans. Um, but also looking at uh, where was it? Oh, Portland Thorns in the rain. I mean, classic Castadia Derby there, um, and I think both teams are kind of even on level and with. The rain missing, uh, Med Rapino and uh, Thorns missing someone too, aren't they? I don't know enough about this to about the who's playing, and who's not. But it's gonna be a great game, honestly. No, Press is Utah, but I think any kind of rivalry, rivalry like that we get in the group stage is gonna be some good soccer. Sasha, where are you at? Uh, I'm going with the, the other rain games. Their opening game against Sky Blue. Uh, and then also uh, on 4th of July, they're playing the Washington Spirit. The other game on the 4th of July is one I want to watch, the Red Stars versus the Royals. Uh, I think that's just going to be good football. I don't know about you. I'm spending July 4th watching Hamilton, okay? <laughs> like, just just not even going to lie. I haven't got to go watch it in the theater, so <laughs> I wish I had. I'll just put it on repeat all day. Um, How long is that musical? Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I read the book that it's based on. That is very long. Anyway, uh, getting back to the point. Um, I am excited, actually, to see the Red Stars play the Dash because two teams that have changed a few things uh, i i want to see by that time things will be kind of clear because we're, we're pretty late in the in the group stage games but uh, storylines like that are what excite me personally um same reason that i'm also excited to see the sky blues play the rain because i i have jumped with sasha onto the dark house dark horse sky blues bandwagon um not having an allegiance myself so we'll see and then you know sasha's dark horse defeating his favorite team uh there will be some nice stuff to react to after that so that'll be fun he'll be so conflicted yeah there we go rachel other matchups that you're keeping your eye on and and think might be real firecrackers to watch well caleb and i think have the same mind because i mean that first match uh on the first match day of north carolina and portland i mean Come on. <laughs> That's just going to be awesome. Those are two teams that just downright do not like each other. So putting that match on the first day is like being a kid in a candy store. Um, I have the Cascadia rivalry, but for a different reason. I love my Costa Rican national team, and I am totally excited for the first ever Costa Rican matchup, pending both of them being healthy, of course. Knock on wood. Um, Shirley Cruz versus Raquel Rodriguez in the Costa Rican Derby. That's it. I'm giving them a new name. Um, I'm excited (laughs) (laughs) to see uh, Emily Sonnet against her old team, Portland, on July 1st. And then, um, yeah, that's, I mean, those are the games that I'm really excited for. I think that first game with uh, Rain and and Sky Blue could be something um, that might be a little bit chippy, but I don't know. I'm excited. Do you think there's going to be a lot of goals in that game? Will it be close? Can you see like a 2-2 draw? Or do you think one side's just going to blow away the other? I think it's going to be like a 1-1 draw. I think it's going to be tight. I think um, those are two teams that have just changed so dramatically this offseason that they're going to need to figure each other out. And I think both goals, when they happen, are going to be one of those, like, how did that even go in type thing. So um, definitely excited for that one. All right, let's talk about predictions now and things that we're – we can also just talk about players that we're excited about while we do this. But uh, first, let's talk about teams. There's one team. We talked about how they're not going to make the knockout stage. Just one. 
and then all the other teams will be in the stadium. They have to stand on the pitch, and everyone laughs. It's like in the <laughs> rules for the tournament, I'm pretty sure. Um, who is going to be that one team? Orlando. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. I'm sorry to all of the Pride fans uh, out there, but that schedule is not good for them. And I think um, it'll take time for Emily Sauna to adjust into that uh, center back role should she play it. I mean, heck, they might throw Allie Krieger back there for all I know. Um, I think they'll miss out. But either way, I don't think it's going to be one of those like um, Orlando loses every game and that's it. It might be, you know, a couple other teams, you know, maybe another team loses every game. But like goals allowed and, and goals scored might be the reason that Orlando is the re- is the last place team. But Yikes, if that's true. Mark Skinner has a lot to do. Um, he has a lot of prep. I know there's a big old um, there's a big old uh, lamp over him. There's a spotlight on him and just a lot of pressure. But Orlando for me. Sorry. <laughs> what you guys got? Uh, Utah. Ooh. The best player sitting out. The best player sitting out. How are they going to start goals? And uh, Rachel saying that they're aging. I think oh, this many games in a short period of time is going to be rough on their legs. So, mm-hmm. more injuries, more fatigue, more goals against. Are you doubting the the, the fullback scoring power of uh, Kelly O'Hara? That's where the goals are coming from. It's really hard to do from the fullback spot, consistently. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the professional and say it's going to be Orlando as well. But mainly just because that state, that, that city, and that state just sucks. Is is the, the black hole of the United States, <laughs> and the worst location for a tournament of any type? <laughs> Florida listeners, we apologize for Sasha. We can't help it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with like the controversial rabble rouser pick. That's gonna be wrong. But Chicago Red Stars, they scored no goals when <gasps> Sam Kerr wasn't with them last year. <laughs> They're gonna. The looks I'm getting, listeners, you can't see them. Um, I don't know. I'm going to stick with that just because it's fun. Uh, I I don't need to be right. I just need to be uh, annoying. Let's talk about the final. Uh, who's going who's gonna to be in the final for y'all? That is so tough to answer because there is no structure when it comes to what is going to happen with the format. Um I don't know if they're going to reseed or not, but in a hypothetical world of just anybody could make the final, no matter where they are seated, um, give me North Carolina and maybe controversial, but give me Washington. Hmm. I think we're going to have an opener of Portland and North Carolina. I think we're going to have a closer of North Carolina and Portland. So those two teams pretending this tournament is, I think, the best way to go out. Introduce new fans to this uh, lead. I wasn't going to go with the bias. I was also going to say it was going to be uh, Portland and, and North Carolina. Um, just because my, despite the fact that I don't like Portland, my favorite player does play from. Shout out to Lindsey Horan. Uh, <laughs> but let's go with uh, let's go with a Cascadia final. Let's just say the courage. This is going. This isn't going to happen. <laughs> we'll just say the courage. Don't make the final. We're going to have OL rain. And Portland Thorns in the final. 
Paul uh, Riley just heard you say the courage not making the final and put that in his office as his motivation. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, we got new listeners, you guys. <laughs> he's saying, I'm going to find Sasha, I'm going to prove him wrong, and we're going to be the underdogs again. Oh, no. I gave him I gave him the motivation. You're- you gave him the motivation. Great job. Your picture is now on the dartboard. Your picture is now on the, on the dartboard in his yep. office. <laughs> so, so since everything intelligent has been said, I'm going to continue with my wrong answers only trend <laughs> and say it's going to be Utah versus Houston because <laughs> I'm I'm Lord, I'm leaving. This final, please. <laughs> this is the problem with going last. Everything smart has been said already. <laughs> Just pick one of your answers and put it in my place. Um, okay, okay, but for real now. Winner, I'm going to go first, and I'm going to take the one. It's going to be the courage. Because, come on, they're not going to be in the final, but they're going to win anyway. That's, that's... <laughs> but, but, but really, okay, I, I have a question to go with this. Because I, I feel like if I, if I just ask for winners, you know, it's going to come down to the courage mostly. Um, what has to happen with the other teams to actually knock Carolina off their perch. And I'm not just saying for this tournament. I'm talking about, like, going forward. Like, do the other teams have to get better? Does Carolina have to get worse? Both? Do, do they have to... The coaching have to change? Like, wh- what are we seeing with this Carolina dynasty? Paul Riley is one smooth-talking guy. I mean, I don't know what he says. I don't know what the uh, owners of the North Carolina Courage and North Carolina FC are saying, but... He's a smooth-talking guy, and everybody loves him. Everyone raves about him, even players that aren't with him anymore. Um, North Carolina has to run out of money. All of their national team players have to just, you know, spontaneously combust, and then the other teams could catch up. <laughs> but um, like I said, I mean, Portland's whole mode of this offseason was catching up to the North Carolina courage, and I think everybody else is kind of seeing that as, like, the golden pedestal. But um, I, I think that other teams just... It's it's so easy to say get better, but I think it's uh it's a lot harder to do when you have um when you have salary limits and stuff like that. And um you know, some areas are just not as enticing as others. So um yeah, I, I don't know. We we'll see. We'll re- revisit this a few years from now and see whether whether something has changed. Uh let's talk about the golden boot and last year, of course, uh, Sam Kerr. Uh, the winner, no longer, as we've discussed several times already here. So who is going to take that trophy this year? Bethany Balser, Rain FC. OL Rain. Ol Rain. Um, <laughs> Ol Rain. Ol Rain. I, I loved her last year. Uh, a rookie, someone, you know, her story was that she came from uh, NAIA school and an NCAA school. She really came into the NWSL and just kind of blew everyone's mind. And she's the reason why I say that Rain is not going to need someone like Megan Rapino because having Bethany Balser and, and having her come off of the great season that she had last year, the confidence, the rookie of the year title, I think she she's going to score a lot of goals. I think, like I said earlier, they have a pretty favorable schedule. So I'm excited to see how many goals that she's able to net. go with Christine Sinclair. She's the leading scoring candidate for a reason. Um, if Portland's going to go far in this tournament, they need a, someone to score goals, and she's one of the best in the game to ever do it. Sasha? I'm going to go with a, with a prediction that's probably most certainly wrong, 
but it's gonna be the 19 year old from the Portland Thorns, Sophia Smith. Alright. Um I I, I wanna believe that Yuki Nagasato finally gets to step out of the shadows and just goes and smashes um a whole bunch of goals in. So I was trying to think like should I should I do that, go with my like like emotions there i think i'm gonna do that let's just say that that's my prediction i'm going i'm gonna be wrong on all of this anyway so it's fine uh golden gloves rachel you've made your feelings on the best goalkeeper quite clear but uh, why don't you tell us again who you think is going to be the golden gloves aubrey bledsoe no explanation needed aubrey bledsoe is anybody going to disagree with that I'm, i i believe you <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Nayer's going to be tested a ton with Chicago because of the question marks on defense, but I just think that Aubrey Bledsoe is a superhuman. I I will plead that I cannot think of any reason to disagree with an emphatic <laughs> that, that that level of like yeah, I'm just going to leave that and say like that you're right. I'm not going to even try to argue <laughs> at all. Um, let's move on to Golden Ball and talking about who the MVP is going to be. Um, again, this is an area where our, our previous um, winner is no longer here. So what are we going to see, do you think? Uh, for the Golden Ball, I would probably say either Dabinia or Crystal Dawn. I would go with Dabinia. That's funny because I would go with Don. <laughs> not sure the tiebreaker. <laughs> Why does this happen? Um, uh, I'll I'll pick Dabinia because I I feel like I have a, I have a like soft spot for international players and I think I'll I'll just make the, that that the reason that I choose that. Um, okay, all right. So those are the predictions. Um, you can bet on me being wrong. Sorry uh, for those of you who picked Dabinia just now. So. Um, all right, just to, just to cap off our NWSL preview, any final things that we haven't covered yet that uh, any of you would like to add? I have a question it's for gonna... Rachel. Yeah, go for it. If Minnesota were to get an NWSL team, what would be a good name for it? Okay, first off, I'm petitioning for Pittsburgh, so <laughs> hold your horses there. Um, oh, Minnesota. Let me get back to you on that. Okay. I'm going to get your Twitter okay. off of Natch, and I will get back to you on that. But the Lunettes, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the Lunettes, the, uh, the, the Luninas. I, Ooh, I have Luninas, no I like. Luninas. I feel like that has a Brazilian ting to it, so all the Brazilian players will have to go to Minnesota and just freeze their butts off. But, um, yeah, I, I, don't, I will get back to you on that. I will have to ponder. I, I I'm just hoping it's named after St. Paul and not Minnesota, so that that's my hope. Like, uh, so then we can maybe do like a Chicago Red Star style because the St. Paul flag is quite lame, so we can have some sort of lame name from that. Anyway, now <laughs> no, uh, the St. Paul flag is awesome. The Minneapolis flag is lame. I think they're both quite lame, but now I'm going to lose listeners. How dare you? Like, our one listener is gone now. How dare you? Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, any other parting thoughts? Um, I will personally add that I am very excited for the NWSL to, to return to screens. I'm very excited that it's coming back on a, uh, on a broadcast medium that I have access to uh, already. So that's, that's really cool. And 
I think it's going to be a great season. I love tournaments in general. I think they're a lot of fun, even though this format is kind of vague and ambiguous. So uh, let's let's hope that everything goes off on the health front without any issues and that we're able to see a completed tournament. Guys, say a prayer for me for these 10 p.m. start times on my side of the coast. (laughs) 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 Live tweeting these games is not going to be is not going to be the most fun thing that I've ever done in my life. But um. I'm excited for it. Five ninety nine a month. It's a month long tournament, so really you're just paying five ninety nine for one month. Um, it's you can't beat that. Support women's soccer. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys, to to talk about it. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Rachel, for joining us, and uh, we shall return with more We Call It Soccer in just a moment. Recording. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. Hope you enjoyed the awesome NWSL Challenge Cup preview. Remember that you can get more content from that if you're one of our patrons at the $10 level on our Patreon. All right, let's talk about uh, MLS while we're still in the bad guys segment. Last week, we joked on the podcast like, Ha ha, we're recording on our Tuesday. It's so funny, MLS is going to come out with some sort of big announcement on Wednesday. Ha ha ha, that's obviously how it's going to go. And then it happened. <laughs> what the hell, Don Garber? What the hell do you pay us for if you can't like leak shit like that to us? You know, I've noticed that he hasn't uh, signed up for Patreon yet. So, Yeah, fuck you, Don Garber. What the hell, man? Um, maybe we we need a way to like turn Garber coin into dollars and this can be a good opportunity to do just that. Anyway, let's talk about the fact that hashtag MLS is back. Every time you say MLS is back, if you don't say hashtag before it, uh, Don Garber, like a buzzer goes off in his office and he's like, ah, damn it. Why don't we have hashtag MLS is back everywhere? But if you do say Um, it with a hashtag before it, he gets a boner. So it's really, it's a lose-lose situation for all of us. It it really is. It really is. All right. So we're going to have a full MLS preview episode next week because, um, we, we we roll like that, I guess. And um, however, I did want to ask you guys, now that MLS is coming back, can you tell me about your feelings? What do you think about the four tournament format? The, the format's interesting uh, to have the World Cup style. Wait, wait, like Minnesota interesting or actually interesting? <laughs> Minnesota interesting. It, I, <laughs> it's been done before. Uh, but honestly, I, I think we've popped in this every week since the break happened this should not be happening florida is one of the states where the cases are spiking they're going to be in orlando with other leagues uh nba is going to be there and we might be there there'll be so many people flooding that area it's not going to be safe On top of that, the players, I mean, we've already had one player come out on Twitter talking about how unhappy they are with the procedure, and I can empathize with that because you have to take multiple tests. It's not comfortable getting a swab through through your nose all the way to your brain multiple times a week. Uh, it's not to the brain. No, it's, it's not to, to the, the back. brain. No, it is. To the dome, bro. You know, some like Egyptian dome. pharaoh. <laughs> Like you know how they like sick suck the Egyptian pharaohs' yeah. brains out of their nose. I don't think this is what's happening. No, I, I, no, no I, I saw it on Facebook. That's what, that that. Is what it's happening. <laughs> read it on Facebook. <laughs> this is now the most read <laughs> Facebook post in the world. Okay, anyway, um, go on, Sasha. And I mean, they they have to play in 
kind of horrendous conditions. I mean, June and July in Florida, Oof. and in front of no crowds, uh, you don't even get to play in Orlando Stadium. You have to play in Disney Park. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's called ESPN Wide World of Sports Stadium or something, uh, which is kind of emba- even more embarrassing I mean, than Disney Park. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. Yes, I'm excited to have like MLS back. I would love it so in Villa, like uh, some better conditions, please, for the players. So, so Bill Hamid posted a screed that I believe he's now deleted off Twitter, which says, I have no problem with the Orlando tournament looking forward to playing. To lock us on the Disney campus like we are in jail, or like us grown men don't know how to live freely and still protect ourselves and our teammates is ridiculous. We aren't children who need supervision. I don't agree with being locked on campus, and I've said this from the beginning. I know how to wear a mask and socially distance myself from people. We've agreed to this tournament. We've agreed to set, get sticks up our nose every two days. Now I believe we deserve the respect not to not be locked up like we are animals or in jail. Uh, at first, when I read this, it wasn't in this kind of sarcastic, annoying voice because uh, I had not seen the Instagram videos of Bill Hamid uh, po- or possibly Bill Hamid hanging out with like a whole bunch of people and uh, enjoying himself in, in non-socially distant situations with uh, unknown individuals that, I mean, it's possible they could all be living in his uh, place. But uh, anyway, it's... I mean, dude, like, on the one hand, you can't be like, I love masks, I love social distancing, everything rocks, I'm responsible adult. And then, you know, have problems. So, yeah. I just, I want to point out the contradiction. And this was brought up by Jaden Sancho in the Bundesliga because he got fined for getting a haircut. You know, he wasn't socially distancing and he put it on, a, you know, put on media. When you're on the pitch, they aren't enforcing social distancing. Like, teams can try to practice it, but, like, you see the victories. We saw referees, like, you know, doing knocks. I mean, that's not a handshake, but it's still contact. There's no way to enforce social distancing on the pitch, so I can see why he'd be frustrated, why then, like, you know, he's going to have to go out there and play, be in contact with these players, but he's not allowed to, like, stroll around in, in a hotel and interact with Yeah, teams. because the, 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 everyone else he's going to be interacting with is going to be getting tested. And this is the thing about living in America right now and wanting soccer back. The thing is, if you want to do it as safely as possible with the same level, I would, I'm not a fucking epidemiologist, okay? But with the same level of safety that the Bundesliga is looking at, because their country is safer, maybe they don't have to do this level, I don't know, they, this level of craziness with their, like, players treating them like kids or whatever it is, that you want to, however you want to call it. But straight up, man, you can't be like, I know how to do X, Y, and Z, and then appear on videos not doing that. And the answer here is, to not have soccer like Bill Hamid can choose to do all of the things that he's doing and not be treated like a child and not go to Orlando like dude nobody is saying like I I don't know his financial situation I don't want to be like he's a millionaire who can afford it like maybe he can't okay I don't know what the situation is but the thing is this is the (laughs) like Caleb said it's it's they're already walking into a pretty precarious position I personally am kind of split on this I don't on the one hand, it's kind of hard to process that soccer is coming back. And the part of me that no, like processes it is like, oh, cool, okay, it's interesting. Then there's part of me that really thinks like they're not going to finish this tournament. Don Garber says that the, the regular season is going to start after that. That's not going to happen. Um, I, I personally think that there's just too much... Too much of a chance of all of this getting interrupted. And it goes back to that conversation we were having a few weeks ago. Where we were like, it's head versus heart, right? Your heart's like, yeah, this is cool, this is fun. Your head's like, ugh, I don't... These people are literally putting their lives on the line, and it's it's tough. 
at the same time you're like well maybe the lives on the line if they don't get work and don't get paid so i don't know man i just think it's kind of one of those things where it, it's tough choices all around and um i feel bad for bagging on bill hamid for speaking up and making his views known at the same time it's like well come on well i, I don't know i don't know i i'm, I'm conflicted I'm with I'm with you there, Notch. That is also how I feel. Because part of me really feels for him, but then also, like you said, like he kind of knew the terms going before he took the charter flight. And, yeah. So maybe he didn't have much of much an option, you know? Maybe he's just like a lot of these, like... Yeah, I don't think you're... Who... Yeah, I don't think he's the only one who's conflicted. I think there's lots of us soccer fans, especially MLS fans, conflicted about where this season's going and the environment that they're going to be playing in as well. Um, we'll have to wait and see, but I honestly, I'm I don't think that this whole tournament is going to finish on time. That's my prediction. Yeah, it's not a fun one, but that's what I believe. Let let us also mention the fact that there was a draw. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, next week. The 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 spots people are drawn into, but it was hilarious that like Charlie Davies was on the stream picking up little balls that had been placed on uh, things in front of the webcam. It was kind of a very, like, interesting way to do things, like very COVID times videos, live stream video. Uh, some claims of rigging, which we'll also <laughs> talk about next week when we discuss the actual groups. Um, I will say it was kind of interesting to see the fact that LAFC sent in a the head of their 3252 supporters collective to make their pick which is one of the reasons I think it was rigged because I don't trust a team. I don't think a team would trust a player with a decision or a non-front office person with a decision like that. Uh, if he if he didn't have a big sign next to him with a guy standing next to him with like a taser being like, pick W2, okay, pick <laughs> W2. And then like he's holding up his child with the taser to their head like, pick W2, you know. Damn, that's it's a harder take than I was going to have next week, Dodge. It's, it's a very, it, I see a very dark uh version of this whole thing maybe it's a, it's it's the mls uh mls's back draw by quinn directed by quinn tarantino that's what happened there in lafc so caleb's looking at me like i've lost my fucking mind which i probably have a long time ago yeah probably <laughs> couple uh news news items from mls that drop today instead of tomorrow morning which is you know a nice change of pace uh midfielder harry ship retired um 20 years old he played for chicago and seattle he's going to pursue an, his mba at northwestern so good for him um another example of a young player young domestic, domestic player retiring early however dude is 28 so that's uh, kind of shippy news for chicago well seattle and Seattle, yeah. uh, all of Seattle, uh, you know, gave him a farewell. He's he's very beloved uh, amongst the fans, and his beard will be missed. What I think happened is Miguel Ibarra came in, is like, this is my spot now, and Ship's like, I can't, I can't beat him. He's just too good. Might as well retire into my Masters. <laughs> uh, I will say, he's if he's gonna do his Masters at fucking Kellogg, he is at, in one of like the best MBA programs out there. I would quit professional soccer to go get an MBA there too. So, yeah, yeah. Then uh, FC Dallas announced a DP signing that will join them in July. Uh, Argentinian striker from Pachuca in Liga MX, Franco Yara. Hmm, interesting. Don't know much about him. Um, 
played a little bit over in Spain for, I think, Ibar, but has played mostly in Mexico since then. Alrighty. So that's it from MLS uh, I'll throw a couple news items. Um, but tomorrow morning, there'll probably be a whole other bombshell because that's what happens with this podcast. It really is. Hey, let's not go into a separate segment to discuss a couple of pieces of USL news. First of all, the USL Championship has set a provisional start date of July 11th. The USL League One has set a provisional start date, I believe, of July 18th. And both have allowed, uh, they've eased restrictions on training protocols at uh, option clubs now able to enter phase two training protocols. So you can go look up on their website what phase two training protocols means. All right, with that, it's time for us to jump segments into a segment we call the ludicrous display. Ray, he's kicked the ball. <laughs> now the ball's over there. Think about the Premier League is that they always try to walk it in. And in this segment, we talk about the latest from the United Kingdom. First of all, soccer, uh, no, sorry, football, football is coming back. This week? This week? Uh, tomorrow. Well, tomorrow. As yeah. you listen to this, today, right now. <laughs> Go watch it. <laughs> uh, my club is playing Manchester City. It's an Arsenal City Your game. club. Yeah, he's part owner. Oh, you did you that? study abroad there? I mean, maybe in, I did a spell in North London. You don't know. Did you live in Arsenal? Got a guns tattoo England? on the shoulder. Do you really? Are you a, a Russian oligarch? No, because then I'd be a fan of Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Yeah, there you go. Thank you for that All setup. Right, so, so your club is coming back, Sasha Arsenal. Yep. Uh, and also the rivals will be playing tomorrow, Tottenham. Uh, but I didn't care enough to see who they were playing. Oh wait, it's 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 Josie's former team, Manchester United. Caleb, are you excited about Liverpool returning to the? Yeah, pitch? we got the Merseyside derby on Sunday. Um, so I think, and I haven't looked at the table in a while. I mean, we're like over like twenty five points above second place, and uh, if Arsenal beats Man City tomorrow, which go. Go Gooners, or whatever you guys say. I don't even know. Um, and uh, Liverpool beat Everton on Sunday. That means champions, uh, Liverpool is champion, are the champions. Um, they do that at Everton, which would be even better. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad it's on a Sunday, not a weekday, so I can actually watch it. So I'm, I'm happy that it's back. All right. Well. We shall see what happens with the title. Of course, it has, as we talked about last week, an asterisk next to no, it. No, there's not. Uh, <laughs> no, there's not. There's no asterisk. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy doing that for the next few months. <laughs> Sorry, Caleb. <laughs> see, you, to get back to me, you just have to become a $1,000 tier Patreon. Uh, on Patreon, on Patreon, and then I have to praise Atlanta United. It's worth it. Trust hey, me. Nosh, Do you bar- take Garber Box? No, nah, I borrow a thousand dollars. And by borrow, I mean you give right. me. I'll never give back. <laughs> right. Uh, I I do want to again echo what I said before when we were talking to Rachel about the women's Super League and how that was just abandoned. Um, extraordinarily shitty of the FA to abandon the amount of momentum that was being built in England. It's, I don't know, I'm kind of torn in the fact that, you know, it's it's bad for the sport in general and it's bad for 
um, the the WSL itself, but I feel like it's it kind of exposes the kind of shallow nature of what was going on with the FA. And I think it might be a call to arms for people who really care about the WSL to be like, okay, just because things seem to be going okay doesn't mean that you can let it coast and let up the pressure on people. You got to step on their necks. You got to make sure that uh, it comes back that fewer clubs go out of business because this is going to be a tough time. We don't know what's going to happen. It might be several more, like how long it is before WSL even can play again. Um, What happens to those players' fitness during that time? What happens to the club's staff who might have income like issues um one thing i will say is that there's a great football weekly episode on this recently and one of the um issues that they pointed out which i apologize for this caleb is that they pointed out liverpool in particular are a club that has an embarrassment of riches literally and allowed their women's team to get relegated from the WSL. Now, of course, it's it's an abortive season, but still, um, they have not supported their uh, women's team as much as they can. We've seen a coach uh, quit because of that. And I think there has to be more pressure laid onto uh, the, the clubs that have women's squads, Premier League clubs that have women's squads, to adequately fund them, even just if it means putting pressure on the FA not to just cancel a season like this and go off and leave. So anyway, it was something that bugged me uh, when I saw it in the news. It bugged me even more when I actually listened to the Football Weekly episode that went in-depth about it. So go listen to that if you're uh, interested in hearing the the facts from some English folks themselves. Anything to add on that topic, guys? You're right. It, it is a blight on this championship season if they if that everything goes to plan and Liverpool wins the championship. Um that their women's team had has gone down in WSL. They have the resources to, to um, bring that team up and make them at least a contender, like they did with the men's team. And they should do that. And I hope they do in the future. All right, let's uh, move on to talking about something else pretty crazy that happened in the United Kingdom. Prime Minister Boris Johnson announcing a um, that that a plan to give free meal vouchers to uh, school meal vouchers for the summer holidays was being scrapped and marcus rashford uh of manchester united led a campaign of uh basically outrage against the decision seeing a u-turn from the boris johnson government marcus rashford really shown his true colors during this and he seems like a very um smart young man and very compassionate young man and, and we got to talk about how just a few months ago we were talking about how Raheem Sterling was tre- treated by the Daily Mail. Mm-hmm. And there's a history of the British tabloids staring down young black men who become successful in, in a variety of industries. And who speak mostly out. Mostly football. And who speak out. And especially who speak out. And so for Rashford to do this was setting himself up for a lot of abuse potentially. He was risking his public image his career so um it's it's really just hats off to him this kind of courage does not it does not appear you know we thought we saw there have been criticisms of other major sports stars one on a documentary recently on espn and netflix that i won't name about not speaking up adequately politically i I don't know if that was appropriate or not but sometimes we have sports stars who are who who people say aren't putting enough of a foot forward marcus rashford the opposite of that fantastic fantastic job 
Let's move into a segment that we call, they don't call it soccer in brackets, some do though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about already. Uh, Bundesliga first. Yawn. Bayern win. Yay. It's eight in a row. Ooh. Eight in a row. Yay. Yeah, it's... It's a dynasty that needs to die. I think we can all agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, one kind of silver lining from this in their last game, which they beat uh, Werder Bremen 1-0, uh, U.S. youth national team player Chris Richards started and played in that game for Bayern. So that's good to see as a U.S. fan, but also not fun to see them win again. Oh, I, I mean, as a North American fan, you probably weren't happy to see Alfonso Davies get a red card. <laughs> Yeah, he'll, okay. he'll he'll be He's fine. Canadian, yeah, he'll right. survive. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. My you know my studying abroad in Edmonton has taught me that Canadians are very important in terms of their <laughs> national team, and you know so I have a unique perspective on Alfonso Davies's uh, yellow card <laughs> and red card because of that. Uh, anyway, uh, so things are pretty much set in terms of the Champions League spots. We got. BVB Dortmund in second, looking pretty secure in there. But the fight is for the 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 spots below that. And currently in the race. And, and the complicated thing here is that some teams have a uh, have played 31 games, some have played 32. So there are a couple of teams here that are gonna have a game in hand. Leipzig, Magladbach, Leverkusen are on 62, 59, and 57 points uh, respectively. What do you guys see when you look at the run-ins that they're facing? Honestly, I think Bayer Leverkusen has an even easy enough schedule, and they've been good enough that they can jump uh, much in Gladbach uh, in the last couple of weeks and, and get that Champions League spot. I, I definitely think they deserve it because much in Gladbach has not been in the best form since uh, since the return. I, I just two points between Magladbach and Leverkusen, and Leverkusen ha and Leipzig have a game in hand on Magladbach. Yeah, um, I'm back to lucky that their two games against already relegated Paderborn and Hertha Berlin, who are firmly mid-table and safe. Um, it's really dependent on how those teams come out, if they want to play spoiler, or if um, they're just going to accept their fate and roll over. Um, that, just having that, having one less game than the other two just puts Rushmore and Gladbach just on the edge. I think Leverkusen jumps them. The the thing about relegated teams though is that sometimes they they just come out the, you know the 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 stress has been lifted for mm -hmm. them so they're able to come out and just dominate teams that they would not have otherwise had a chance to because they're they're playing for themselves and love of the game rather than anything in particular so we'll see I I I'm, it's hard to tell but I think I'm I'm sitting where you're sitting Caleb where it seems like it's gonna be Leipzig and Leverkusen let's talk about the bottom of the table where this week Paderborn booking their ticket to the two Bundesliga. Yeah, uh, unlucky with an own goal f uh, from Zelensky on a free kick routine by Union Berlin. Um, they were kind of, they were adrift at the bottom of the table. Um, they would need a lot of help and to win all the rest of their games to survive even. Um, but really credit to Union Berlin in their first season in Bundesliga, staying up, good on them. Uh, unfortunately, the team, for the team that came up with them, Paderborn, they're going right back down to this fine Bundesliga. Let's talk about the two remaining spots of Paderborn <clears throat> in, the, in one of the two automatic relegation spots. Werder Bremen 
in the second automatic relation relegation spot at the moment, 28. Fortuna Dusseldorf also at 28 uh, in the relegation playoff spot. Uh, however, Dusseldorf with a game in hand on Bremen, also with a game in hand on Bremen, is Mainz with 31. All the teams above there have booked their ticket to the Bundesliga next year. They are safe, so it's only these three teams, Mainz, Dusseldorf, and Bremen, that are duking it out. Uh, what are we looking at when we look at the, the run-in for Bremen? Who are they going to play? Well, I mean, they're facing Mainz, who are fighting for their life to stay above the relegation zone, and I don't see Werder Bremen getting the wins they need against Mainz and Köln. Um, that mines Werder game is going to decide, I think. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. So circle that game. Watch out for that one. That Hopefully that will be on TV somewhere. Um, I think Dusseldorf is... Between Mainz, Mainz has Dortmund and Leverkusen. Dusseldorf has Leipzig as their probably toughest opponent. I think Dusseldorf can jump uh, Mainz. I, I think Dusseldorf is going to lose that one to Leipzig. Leipzig is fighting for a Champions League yeah. spot there. And um, th- there's, I mean, they're a young team with, with which stress might get to them, Leipzig. But still, like they should be able to make quick work of Dusseldorf. Augsburg are safe now, so you could see them being kind of a uh, taking it easy a little bit same with Union so it's hard to predict where Dusseldorf will sit yeah, we, we had uh, one more league come back this past week La Liga just a quick little um, update on where everyone is going into the final stretch here um, top four Barcelona Real Madrid Sevilla and Real Sociedad with Getafe tied on points of the Sociedad in fifth place um, really this is probably a two-team race with Barcelona 64 and Real Madrid at 59. Uh, third place, Sevilla, is, is on 51. So really, those top, uh, those third and fourth spots are more up for grabs. Um, bottom of the table, kind of a large relegation battle going on. It's really Ladanes, Espanol, Mallorca, Caltevigo, Ibar, Alaves, Valladolid. And you could probably argue Real Betis also in there. They played a couple of games not looking too hot. So that's seven teams in the rotation fight. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see how La Liga has weird simulated crowds? Like, aren't, aren't they using like FIFA to like use it crowds from that or? It, it it honestly looks like FIFA from like 1994. They look like kind of flat, uh, you know, pixelated versions, and it's it's very strange. I honestly don't care about the empty stadiums. Uh, we've talked about the whole sound issue to death now, so we need, don't need to go into that. Um, but yeah, this this crowd thing is taking a little too far. I think <laughs> maybe right. Uh, all right, let us now tell the good people where they can find us on Twitter. You can find me at Pickup Lion. I'm at K Olson seven one six. Also, thanks to Tectonics for the use of their song "Lustless" uh, as our theme music. You can find them on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, all that stuff. Also, as of today, we have an Instagram account to at two United fans. TWO. You can find this podcast at TWO United fans as well. Thank you to our patrons on patreon we really appreciate you supporting this podcast and uh again please help us spread the word get some more listeners tell us tell your friends to listen to this podcast as well with that we will bid you adieu and return with our mls preview next week take it easy everybody 
Oh, uh-huh.